Hello everyone and welcome to the PJB Sports Pod. Hello and welcome into the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend preview and picks edition of the show. Uh, we will go over last week's results, the last week of the regular season, week 18, um, to recap those scores and uh, some of the big stat lines from that. Uh, we got some free agent signings to discuss, coaching news, some injury news, and then we'll go over the games for this weekend with a few of the storylines that I'm going to be looking out for, going over last week's best bets, and going into this week's picks for each game against the spread, or in some perspectives, the lines for each game. Anyways, week 18 recap we start with. Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the Baltimore Ravens 17-10 in the Saturday opener. Tyler Huntley playing in place of Lamar Jackson. Uh, 146 yards, one touchdown. Mason Rudolph, 152 yards and a touchdown. And Najee Harris, 112 on the ground with a touchdown to his name as well. Houston Texans defeated the Indianapolis Colts 23-17 to, at that point, clinch just a playoff spot on Saturday night football. Gardner Minshew, 141 yards. Jonathan Taylor had 188 yards on the ground and a touchdown. C.J. Stroud, 264 and two touchdowns through the air. Nico Collins had nine receptions for 195 and a touchdown as well. The Cincinnati Bengals defeated the Cleveland Browns 31-14. Jeff Driscoll playing for the Browns, 166 through the air, two touchdowns, two picks. Jake Browning for the Bengals, 156 through the air, three touchdowns, one pick. And Joe Mixon, 111 yards on the ground and one touchdown. The Detroit Lions defeated the Minnesota Vikings 30-20. Nick Mullins, 396 yards, two touchdowns and two picks. Justin Jefferson had 12 receptions for 192 yards and a touchdown. On the other side, Jared Goff, 320 yards, two touchdowns, and Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, seven receptions, 144 yards, and a touchdown. The Tennessee Titans defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars 28-20 to knock Jacksonville out of the playoffs and give the Houston Texans the division crown. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, 280 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Calvin Ridley, six receptions for 106 and a touchdown. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, 168, two touchdowns and a pick. Derrick Henry, 153 on the ground and a touchdown. The New York Jets defeated the New England Patriots 17-3. Bailey Zappi, 88 yards, two interceptions. Trevor Simeon, though, 70 yards. That was it. Uh, Brees Hall, the MVP for the Jets pretty much all season, 178 yards on the ground and a touchdown against the Patriots. The New Orleans Saints defeated the Atlanta Falcons 48-17. Desmond Ritter, 291 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Bijan Robinson, 28 rushing yards, but he did have seven receptions for 103 yards and a receiving touchdown. And for the Saints, it was Derek Carr with 264 yards and four touchdowns. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the Carolina Panthers 9-0. Bryce Young, 94 yards, 24 rushing yards. Uh, to bring his rookie season to a close. Baker Mayfield, 137 yards through the air. No touchdowns, obviously, being scored in this game. Green Bay Packers defeated the Chicago Bears 17-9. Justin Fields, 148 yards, 27 rushing yards as well. Uh, I almost said Justin Love. Jordan Love, 
316 yards and two touchdowns. Aaron Jones had 111 yards on the ground, and Jaden Reed had four receptions for 112 yards. The Las Vegas Raiders defeated the Denver Broncos 27-14. Jarrett Stidham, 272 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Aiden O'Connell, 244 yards and two touchdowns. And Zamir White had 112 yards on the ground. The New York Giants defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 27-10. Marcus Mariota came in for Jalen Hurts after he was uh, unironically hurt, uh, dislocating his middle finger on his throwing hand. 148 yards for Mariota, one touchdown, one pick, also added in 46 rushing yards. Quez Watkins, eight receptions for 93 yards and a touchdown. Tyrod Taylor for the Giants, 297 yards, one touchdown, one pick, added in 38 rushing yards. And Saquon Barkley, 46 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns, also added in two receptions for 51 yards. The Seattle Seahawks defeated the Arizona Cardinals 21-20. Kyler Murray, 262 yards, one touchdown, added in 33 rushing yards. James Conner, speaking of rushing yards, 150 on the ground, one touchdown, added four receptions for 54 yards as well. Geno Smith, 189 yards, 28, or 100, whoa, 189 yards and two touchdowns through the air to add to 28 rushing yards. That's what I was trying to say. The Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Los Angeles Chargers 13-12. to Easton Stick, 258 yards through the air and led the team with 77 yards on the ground. And Blaine Gabbert for the Chiefs, 154 yards and a pick. The Los Angeles Rams defeated the San Francisco 49ers 21-20. Sam Darnold, uh, 189 yards, one touchdown, 19 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown as well in place of Brock Purdy, who was resting. And Carson Wentz for the Rams, 163 yards through the air, two touchdowns, and a pick. Also led the team with 56 rushing yards and a rushing score himself. The Dallas Cowboys defeated the Washington Commanders 38-10, wrapping up the NFC East crown. Sam Howell, 153 yards, one touchdown, and two picks. Dak Prescott, 279 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, C.D. Lamb as well, 13 receptions for 98 yards and two touchdowns. Last but not least, the Buffalo Bills defeated the Miami Dolphins 21-14 on Sunday Night Football, clinching the two-seed for Buffalo and knocking Miami down to the sixth spot. Tua took a Vailoa, 173 yards, one touchdown, and two picks. Josh Allen, 359 yards, two touchdowns, and two picks as well. He also led the team with 67 rushing yards. Free agency uh, has come back for a couple teams here for the playoffs. The Baltimore Ravens signed Baltimore Ravens, excuse me, signed four-time Pro Bowl running back Cal. My freaking computer changing Dalvin Cook to Calvin Cook, genius. Four-time Pro Bowl running back Dalvin Cook for the playoff run after he went unclaimed on waivers being released by the Jets, boosting the backfield with Gus Bus, Justice Hill, those guys there in Baltimore. And the Miami Dolphins signed a litany of linebackers to make up for their injuries. Bruce Irvin and Justin Houston were added to the active roster with Malik Reed joining the practice squad as well. Coaching news, it was Black Monday. Everybody getting fired after the season. All the coaching news coming out the days after. Excuse me. Washington Commanders fired head coach Ron Rivera after he went 24-40 and in four seasons with the team with only one playoff appearance. Uh, the Commanders going through complete upheaval, not really in a bad way, just rebuilding the entire organization under new owner Josh Harris. Former Warriors GM... Uh, Bob Myers and former Vikings general manager Rick Spielman are being hired into the front office. And former 49ers assistant general manager Adam Peters has been named the new general manager of the Commanders. 
both of these uh, sets of hirings, hoping to start pave the way for the new era for the Washington football team, whether they stay the commanders or not. Who's to say? The Atlanta Falcons fired head coach Arthur Smith after he finished with a 7-10 record and missed the playoffs. Not really much I got to say on this one. Uh, not using the guys you draft in the top 10 of the NFL draft probably probably leads to your own demise more times than not. Tennessee Titans fired head coach Mike Vrabel after missing the playoffs in back-to-back seasons. The Titans are interviewing Raiders interim head coach Antonio Pierce for their vacant position, which tells me that the Raiders don't plan to keep Pierce as their own head coach if he's allowed to take interviews elsewhere and actually goes and does them, not just having the permission but actually doing it. So the Raiders also likely going to be looking for a new coach as well. Seattle Seahawks and head coach Pete Carroll decided to mutually separate Uh, At this moment, keeping Carroll in the organization as an advisor to the coaching staff, but he came out and said, I believe it was today or yesterday, recording this Friday, that uh, he's up for anything if a coaching position comes open and anybody wants him, but it sounds like he's likely staying in Seattle, in which Dallas defensive coordinator Dan Quinn is expected to be the favorite to take over Carroll's place as the head coach of the Seahawks. New England, the Patriots, and head coach Bill Belichick parting ways after 24 seasons and six Super Bowl titles together. Mike Vrabel was the name that everyone expected to succeed Belichick in New England, but it ended up being linebacker coach Gerard Mayo at being promoted internally, becoming the youngest head coach in the league at 37 years old. New York Giants defensive coordinator Wink Martindale resigned from his position after two years with the team, seeming to stem from head coach Brian Dable firing assistant defensive coaches without consulting Martindale himself. Jacksonville Jaguars, they fired defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell and most of the rest of his staff after they missed the playoffs following a late season fall from grace. And the Chicago Bears, they are expected to keep head coach Matt Eberflus uh, following extensive quote-unquote meetings that resulted in the firing of offensive coordinator Luke Getze and quarterback coach Andrew Janako. I'm not really sure if that means, it, to me, that would seem like they're going to be drafting a quarterback with the number one overall pick if they're bringing in a new offensive coordinator. I don't know why you would keep Justin Fields bringing a new quarterback coach and offensive coordinator new system in the most important year of his career when he's already seeming to struggle enough. So to me, that signals they're going for a new quarterback. Injury news for mostly the teams that are playing this weekend. Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker T.J. Watt has an MCL sprain that has him out of the game against the Bills. And the Philadelphia Eagles wide receivers A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are expected to play after suffering injuries in Week 18 and 17 respectively, but neither expected to be playing at 100% for this weekend. Jalen Hurts also has been seen with a splint on his finger after the dislocation of the middle finger on his throwing hand I mentioned earlier. Uh, It seems that he's been practicing with different kinds of gloves throughout this week, trying to keep the grip strength up. And lastly, not really affecting this week's games, but Baltimore Ravens tight end Mark Andrews has been designated to return from IR, meaning he could possibly return to the team and play in their divisional round matchup next weekend. That's all of the uh, news recap stuff I have to go over from, you know, everything that's happened since last time I talked the games and the lines for the Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. Reminder that the 49ers and Ravens have first-round buys after locking up the one seeds in their respective conferences. We have two games on Saturday. It's the Cleveland Browns, two-point favorites on the road at the Houston Texans. The over-under in this game is set 44.5 total points. The Browns won this matchup in Week 16 in Houston as well. 
final score being 36 to 22 but the Texans did not have CJ Stroud or Nico Collins in that matchup another thing to be looking at for this game in particular is that Joe Flacco is getting a week off he's been playing non-stop since he was essentially signed off the couch put into the starting lineup for the Browns so it'll be something to watch how he starts the game at the very least when he comes back since like I said not having a week off uh coming off the couch playing for gosh eight weeks in a row and then now having a week off does he come back in the same rhythm or does he come back a little bit slow the Saturday nightcap though it's the Miami Dolphins traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs at Arrowhead Chiefs uh, installed mostly as a four and a half point favorite now across the board over under set 43 and a half total points the Dolphins could get wide receiver Jalen Waddle and running back Raheem Mostert back for this game which would be a huge boost to the offense while the defense is missing all of its starting linebackers with Andrew Van Ginkle, Bradley Chubb, Javon Holland, or Javon, goodness gracious, it's not Holland, is it? Green? Javon? It's got to be Javon Holland. Brain fart. Whoops, didn't write his name down. I just thought of it off the top of my head. But also cornerback Xavier Howard. The Chiefs won 21-14 in Germany in week nine. But that remember, that's neutral uh, weather, uh, neutral field, everything going on there. Chiefs jumped out to a big lead and tried to cruise home to it. Didn't really work out that well. But the Dolphins, nowhere near as healthy as they were then. So this could be uh, very bad, especially seeing Tua's record in uh, very low-temperature games. And Miami in general, too. I shouldn't just target Tua with that one. But Sunday, we got three games, one for each time slot. Starting it off, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills, who are 10-point favorites at home over under got smashed down after it started somewhere in around the 43, 44-ish area. Uh, Mason Rudolph versus Josh Allen is the big, you know, headliner here. Uh, but the problem being the weather in Buffalo is expected to be upwards of 40-mile-an-hour winds at this point. Never mind the rest of the winter weather that is possible. The uh, passing games for both sides likely going to be negated with how the weather is going to be impacting this game. So who has the better running attack? Who has the better defense? Likely going to be deciding who wins this matchup. Uh, Green Bay Packers traveling to Dallas. Jerry World. The Cowboys are 7-point favorites at home. Over under set 50.5 total points. The Packers have never lost a game at AT&T Stadium. Having only lost, I believe it's one time in the last 8 matchups overall against the Cowboys. When I say they've never lost a game at AT&T Stadium, I even mean... The Super Bowl the Packers played against the Steelers was played there one of the first seasons that the stadium was open, and they won that game as well. It's also Mike McCarthy taking on the Packers, his former team having coached. Uh, he has yet to win a game against the Packers since leaving the organization. The nightcap on Sunday is the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Detroit Lions at Ford Field. Lions three-point favorites mostly across the board, over-under set of 51.5 total points. Sean McVay versus Jared Goff here. Nobody's going to really know Jared Goff like Sean McVay does, but it's also a different scheme, completely different offense from what McVay runs. Goff seeming to have uh, maybe not matured, but somewhat progressed in his development since leaving the Rams. It's also that angle of both quarterbacks having revenge games and Matt Stafford returning to Detroit, uh, member of the new team. Two interesting, I guess, uh, looks. Uh, most of the Rams that Jared Goff played with are no longer there for that uh, argument, though. Stafford returning to his home stadium sounds like 
Head coach Dan Campbell wants none of the Lions fans to be wearing Matt Stafford jerseys, doesn't want any of that energy, but the Rams look set on paper to be the most challenging team the Lions could have been matched up with at home to start the playoffs. Monday night football, though, it's the Philadelphia Eagles set as a three-point favorite on the road at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the over-under in this game set at 43.5 total points. The Eagles won this game 25-11 to in Week 3, but the Eagles have all sorts of injury worries across the field. Darius Slay reportedly coming back would help boost the secondary, but then we got A.J. Brown with a knee uh, problem. Devonta Smith, believe his was an ankle. Jalen Hurts with his hand. Baker also is not fully healthy for the Bucks. This could be one sloppy contest, especially not to mention the weather coming through. It's supposed to be storms. Typical Florida weather, you know. Anyways, that's all I've really got for the storylines throughout each of the games this weekend. Reviewing last week's best bets, we went 2-3. and three, Winners being the Bucks minus 5.5, winning 9-0. And the Pack- Packers, excuse me, Packers uh, winning as 17-9. Spread was 3. Losers, Jets, Patriots over 33. It was 17-3. Eagles, Giants over 45 total points. It was 27-10. And Seahawks minus 3 at the Cardinals. It was 21-20 Seahawks victory. Just going to pick one thing from each of the games in terms of totals or spreads. Browns at Texans. We're going with the over 44 total points that you can find on points bet. Blew through this number, 36-22 in their matchup in Week 16. And you're telling me we're adding C.J. Stroud and Nico Collins to it and expecting fewer points. The Browns on the road, just about the same on defense, down to down, but a lot more explosives. Look for the Texans to take advantage of that and at least put some points on the board. Even if the Browns have to put 30-some up on their own, the Texans are at least going to help them get over this point total. Chiefs minus 4.5 on Bet Rivers against the Dolphins. Just honestly, for me, comes down to health because if they're at full strength and the weather is better, I guess it's health and weather that make it up for me, not necessarily the team's. Uh, But yeah, when you put both of those two factors together with the Dolphins not having any linebackers that have been playing all season healthy, imagine Travis Kelsey, what he can do against the linebackers, Xavier Howard not being out there at cornerback, only having Jalen Ramsey covering Rasheed Rice if he even uh, follows him. Maybe he just even stays in a zone look or just natural sides, not really following anybody. Yeah, that could be ugly. Uh, Steelers, plus 10, that number's on FanDuel, traveling to Buffalo, taking on the Bills. In a game where the point total is 33.5, and the line, if anything, has moved even further Buffalo's way, something's not exactly right there, and the more this number goes up, the more I'm going to take on the Steelers. Packers, plus 7, that number on bet 365. They're going to Dallas, taking on the Cowboys. They've never lost in the stadium. I'm not saying they're going to pull out the outright upset, but at least keeping it within a touchdown seems like something that this team could manage as long as they just, you know, don't blow it out on the defensive side of the ball. Lions at Rams, over 51.5 total points on Bet Rivers. I did not like the spread enough to pick a side on this one. Uh, I really don't like the number being over 51.5 because I could definitely see this being a 27-24 final. But I couldn't find anywhere that had it even at 51, so I'm going to go with over 51.5 because that's the most confidence I have in anything on the board for that game. And lastly, Eagles minus 3, number on DraftKings, taking on the Buccaneers in Tampa. Even if it's wet and sloppy, I think any sort of game state in this one is going to favor the Eagles. Uh, Better offensive line compared to the Buccaneers' defensive line. 
uh, better wide receivers to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary. I think everything on offense benefits the Eagles, and even if they allow a couple big plays to the Bucs, I don't think they get run out to the point that they can't come back and win the game. So I'm going with the Eagles, and at a field goal, I think worst-case scenario is a push as long as they win the game. But that is all I have for you for the wild card super wild card weekend, sorry, in the NFL. Hopefully you enjoyed listening, and I will talk to you for the divisional round next weekend. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it, and bye bye